You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Hatch. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we may not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. My name is Sean. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. <laughs> and you're listening to 3AM. Just a bunch of friends. Doing friend stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Doing friendly things. Uh, we tell first and second hand scary stories. Yo, how are you two doing? Not too bad. Good. I haven't seen you guys in forever. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Feels like it's been so long since we recorded last. I know, this is wild. Uh, for everyone out there, we're trying to record four episodes <laughs> in one day. <laughs> so. This is a marathon. We're keeping mm-hmm. y'all fed during the holiday seasons. Yeah. So. I got an update. To all of you who uh, felt my pain at my onion grass story, I have an update of my uh, family situation. <laughs> so real quick, if you don't know the onion grass story, Sean at one point in his life was not the wealthiest. And in fact, they were pretty impoverished. We were the poorest. So they had to mow a lawn in order to live in a home. And part of their meals was picking onion bulbs from that lawn. And, and boiling it. Onion grass soup. Yep. We did use salt <laughs> though. So that brought out the flavor. Um. So... <laughs> We're, we're not doing that bad anymore. My dad's actually about ready to retire next year. And he at plans. At the age on, of 55? At the age of 55. Mm. Congrats. And he's going to buy a Papa Murphy's. <gasps> what? And run a pizza restaurant, which is crazy because, like, we had never had pizza growing up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Just tell them, don't serve them a charcoal I block. Do, <laughs> yeah. I do remember having pizza a couple times in Washington, like I mentioned. And it was always Papa Murphy's. Dude. So. All right. Well, there's our first official sponsor. You heard it here. <laughs> Papa Murphy's. You heard it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yep. So he's planning on doing that in April, I think. Sean's going to follow in his footsteps and open up a onion grass sh- soup <laughs> shop. Damn right it, next door. <laughs> it's going to be like a, like a cart, actually, outside. <laughs> Damn me. Cut that. <laughs> cool. Good, uh, good oh, for them. Good for you guys. Yeah, no, I'm happy for him. He said I was the only one who didn't laugh at him when he told all of us. <laughs> Bunch of savages. <laughs> and I was like, so does that wow. mean I get pizza for free? And yeah. he's like, okay. 
I got a lifetime discount. <laughs> From burning pizzas to slanging them. Hey, slanging. That's the gas away way. What? <laughs> um, over the weekend, I was hanging out with my aunt, and we were chatting, and I asked her if you know, they had experienced anything scary, and they said, no, not really. And they said, wait, wait a minute. What? Yeah, we did. <laughs> so it's not like a long story, but um, my aunt and my cousin live alone, and they're two females, and you know, the issue of like security comes up. Sometimes they get really afraid, right? And they live kind of close to a mountain, not really densely populated place. So one night they're hanging out and they're upstairs. I think they're watching a movie and all of a sudden the power goes out. Oh, nope. That's kind of weird. Like, so the, the power went out. So they decide, I don't know why, but they decide to go look out the window at the neighbors and they realize none of the neighbors' power is out. It's just their house. <laughs> so they're terrified and they decide to not check. They lock themselves in their bedroom and don't come out the entire night. <laughs> That's one way to deal with it. But the next morning they came outside, they went around their house and the power had been shut off manually. So they have no idea what that was. Uh I think like a year or two later, they were hanging out in their house and it's near night and they have a back porch and they're just in their living room. I think um, my aunt was typing at the computer and my cousin was reading a book and all of a sudden they hear their porch creak and they hear footsteps walking across the porch and they look and there's like a pretty opaque paper blind in front of the window and they see just a shadow slowly moving across it. <laughs> and like I said, they're pretty like nervous and afraid because there's, you know, they're two females in, alone. So they're petrified and they keep telling each other like, you look, no, you go look, you look. And they're like having this almost silent argument until finally my cousin loses it, the argument and has to go upstairs and look down and try to see if there's someone standing on their porch. And so she goes upstairs creeps up to the window her heart's pounding in her throat and she looks down and this huge deer <laughs> was just standing at their back door <laughs> was it on two feet <laughs> that's what i was gonna say and it stood up and said i shut off the one. power <laughs> of this land yeah <laughs> no it was just a, it was just bambi looking deer and galloped away and start a forest fire and just <laughs> wreck it <laughs> oh gosh yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of funny, but nonetheless, pretty that's still creepy. Pretty they still creepy. don't know who or what shut off the power. I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, that's probably a good idea that they just stayed in their room because my thought would have been, yeah, I'm going to go try and turn it back on. But what if they were waiting out there for you? And it's just trying to lure you out there, bro. Especially if you're the only one that went out. <laughs> but also sometimes like the power will trip on its own if you're using too many things in the house. I don't think that's the case because they're like... it's. Probably not the case. I think they never watch TV. They like read, they're like smart people, so they read books <laughs> <laughs> and write in their journals and things. Um, I have a homie who was babysitting for uh, his brother. Uh, so it's his niece, and she's a, she's super young. And the, his brother and his wife just want to go out on a date and have a night out. So he babysat her. It wasn't the first time, and he's, he's close with them. And the, she had a strict bedtime of 8 p.m. Um, so he, after toiling, 
struggling to put his niece to bed. And she goes to bed. He decides this is like early 2010s, early 10s. Skyfall is the big, like the movie Skyfall is the oh, big talk. Oh, yeah. He hadn't seen it yet. And it just came out on, I don't know, what? Blu ray. Blu ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Blockbuster. VHS. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Eight track. Yeah. Um, he watches it and it's about 10. So it's been dark for a few hours and his brother and his wife are still out and it's getting to the super intense part of the movie and he's all alone in the living room. And it's super suspenseful, loud explosions and then it gets quiet, you know? And while it's quiet, a whisper in his ear. <laughs> Did you know James Bond killed Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> it's his niece. <laughs> And he never offered to babysit again. And he right hooked her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he John Cena'd her <laughs> from the top couch. Oh, you're Jesus, and I'm James Bond. Then <laughs> we were hanging out with uh, one of our other friends, Kevin. So not the Kevin you all know. It's an it's Jordan's cousin, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. We were hanging out with his brother in Colorado, <laughs> and he's a little older than us. He has a, like things that we don't have, like a, a house, family, a house, <laughs> family. a career. Um, <laughs> He's cool, though. Shout out Mark. Yeah. He's only like three years older than us. But, you know, he was just like just dropping wisdom on us about, you know, what it's like to be a grown up and things and just the magic of being a father and what that's like. And and then he's like, well, there are some times where I'll go to bed and, you know, we have to. He has two young daughters. So he has to like bathe them, feed them, get them dressed, read them stories, dance, whatever, anything he can to get them to bed. So it take, it's this whole ordeal. And then he finally gets them to go to sleep and. He's just exhausted from his hard job and he goes and lays in his bed and he falls asleep and he says every once in a while he'll just get a feeling and he'll open his eyes and like an inch in front of his face his daughter will be standing there breathing with her like <laughs> hair in front of her face and she's just be like <sighs> and he's like I have to fight every primal urge not to hit her in the face <laughs> but I always like scream and like oh, oh gosh what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, maybe, maybe I don't want kids. I don't know. <laughs> oh, too funny. There's some good updates. Anything True. else? Should we do one rowdy story? A rowdy story? I want to start introducing stories about my friend. Um, because some of the topics in this might not be the most legal, I have to give him a alias. And so I'll just go with Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why are you guys laughing? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I was just trying to think a, of a random name. crazy alias, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I want to start introducing stories of Mitch because I grew up with this kid. And whenever we'd go camping, half of our time at the campfire would be scary stories. And the other half would be stories of crazy stuff Mitch did growing <laughs> up. That's the name I said, right? Was Mitch for mm-hmm. him? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I want to start introducing some of those stories, but maybe in the future. Okay. okay. I see you. One describing way of, or one way of describing Mitch is one of his favorite games was he's like 10, his sister's eight. He would have his sister tie him up with ropes and push him into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> and the game was to see if he could get out without dying. Dude, that's living <laughs> on the edge right there. So that's just like a little snippet into what Mitch was like. <laughs>
Reminds me of a good friend of ours, uh, me, Sean, and Jordan. I think we've told you about him before. Uh, his name is Karsten. <laughs> Damn, that's a unique name. <laughs> and He's a saddle maker from mm-hmm. Idaho. He makes these beautiful, ornate saddles. Works on one saddle for a month. Sell it to some rancher in Germany for like 20K. <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast and I'm making saddles. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He's a super, super, like he's our age, but such like a mountain man. And we went and visited him once because he was like, come up to um, Idaho and I'll take you guys like hiking and camping and all these things. And then we went to Jackson Hole as well in Wyoming, went rafting and stuff. Super fun. But he's the first stop of our trip. And there's like, six of us who drive up and he texts us the address to his house at the time he wasn't married yet and was living at home with his parents who they have like a farm and we get there and we hadn't seen him for like at least a year so we're all excited he's like all right you guys want to do something fun (laughs) and you're terrified and intrigued before we could answer he's (laughs) does a complete 180 and sprints out the door And we follow him and watch him as he hurdles over the wooden fence (laughs) and run towards this fully grown steer with horns and jumps at it, grabs it by its horns and shoves it to the ground and starts wrestling this bull. And uh, we're just standing there and watching him and it's one of the most incredible things we've ever seen. There was a... (laughs) <laughs> there was one time where we were hiking in Zion's uh, in a beautiful hike in this huge slot canyon called the Narrows. Um, you guys should look it up. But um, I'll put up videos on YouTube of it. We were walking through the water and it's about knee high. And um, one second he's with us and we're all just hiking, laughing, talking, whatever, enjoying the scenery. And not even two minutes go by when we realized that he disappeared. Like, where the hell is Karsten? And we're looking around and (laughs) about like 80 feet up the cliff, we see him like just sitting in a cave. (laughs) In those few minutes that we were just talking and hiking, he had slipped away so stealthily and climbed up the cliff. And just wanted a, a good view, as he's, he put it. Dude, I think your friend is a skinwalker. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would tell us, and just knowing this type of, just knowing this person and the type of person he is, I like believe everything he says. <laughs> and seeing some of the crazy things he's done. Um, but he said uh, him and his dad and his brothers would go wolf hunting up in Idaho while they were growing up. Terrifying. What they would do is they would go hunt rabbits first kill all of them and then they would just lay on the forest floor i was gonna say your imaginary friends (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) but it's from the last step put the rabbit on his chest and just lay on the forest floor wait for a wolf to come with a pistol in his hand (laughs) (laughs) bare chested (laughs) and that's the story of carson kind of scary so it fits. <laughs> so it fits this episode. Well, then I gotta I gotta t- say one of Mitch, because Mitch also had like a call of the wild, like him and wildlife 
Raised by wolves. Essentially. This kid is wild. Dances with them. This kid was crazy. Um, We went to scout camp once, and we're like 12. He walks out to waist deep in the water and stands there for hours. And we're like, Mitch, (laughs) what are you doing? He's like, I'm fishing. (laughs) And we all go have fun. (laughs) Just weave some baskets, you know, just do the normal scout stuff come back it's like night we've had dinner he's still out there and then we're like at the campfire at night he walks back into camp with the fish he caught with his bare hands oh (laughs) my gosh (laughs) we're like what (laughs) anyway yeah so more to come a lot more illegal stuff too i'll have to figure out how to tell it but there's karsten and mitch they should meet up and hang out (laughs) a battle for the ages okay they can duel Dope. Hit the button, bro. Question time. You're a thief. Yep. But you only steal things to mildly inconvenience people's lives. What do you steal? <laughs> I'm taking all of the toilet paper out of all of our bathrooms. <laughs> That is a major inconvenience. That's a terrorist act, okay? <laughs> that is a class one felony. The FBI is coming for you. And the state of every state. Taking all of the batteries out of the remotes. You could go into a person's house, and if they're a puzzle person, take one piece out of each of the puzzles. <laughs> That's dirty. Dude, that could end lives. Yeah. Some rage quit. Facts. Or IRL rage quit. <laughs> That's a doo-doo question, huh? No, it's fun. I have a question to bounce off. Or another one. Okay, let's say I was going to give you $1 billion. Okay. But you have to hide. Hide. You have 24 hours to secure your hiding place. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the, the entire world is looking for you. So okay. John Wick. And you have no. <laughs> and you have to last one week. Well, I guess. One week? One, one week. week. You have to last one week. Do you, have, do you have a little head start? Hours? You have twenty four hours to secure your hiding place. Ooh, this is like that game hunted. But with the entire world. True. Facts. <laughs> is there any place like what would what are your thoughts? Hmm. Kevin, feel free to chime in. We have Kevin here with us today. Would you go wilderness? I feel feel like you would have to because if everyone's looking for you you can't go somewhere public Antarctica. <gasps> yeah but you only have 24 hours okay i'll last there longer than everybody else but, but you, you only have 24 hours to, to get, get there. there yeah a few guys <laughs> <laughs> somebody's not getting a billion dollars <laughs> i think the main issue is food and water you mm-hmm. have to find a place where you can stay for but also week. get food and water for a week see but that's like not water's, a ton. yeah that's not a bad all you'd need is like, yeah, a backpack full of food. You'd last a week. You and might, then like water purifying tablets. Just or ration something. it. Yeah. 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 Um, Wait, can you not be seen by anybody or just everybody's trying to take it from you? Well, if everybody's trying to take it, then you can't be if seen. If they find you, y- you lose it. Like if they see you? Let's say if they see you. Oh, that's uh, hard. Because I, I have friends that I trust to have my back and protect me. And Everyone in the world's trying to get it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's against you. You have no friends. No, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you guys included. 
if someone sees you, so you have to go off the beaten path. Really, all you need is a backpack with some food and water. I think our best bet is Canada, the middle of Canada. Well, yeah. I asked my cousin, and he said, Winnemucca, Nevada. <laughs> I mean, Canada is not bad. I'm also thinking like out in the middle of the desert. Oh, Like it would suck, but no one would go there. Because like honestly, Breaking Bad. Honestly, I'm trying to think of someplace heavily populated. Like so the last place they can think of. Like being the sewer or something? The sewer or, yeah, dude, I would go and I would like go in a sewer. Hell yeah. I would a get billion in a, dollars. Yeah, I would get in a wetsuit. Oh, yeah. And oh, just snorkel and stay right under the poop uh, layer. Yeah. But what if they send someone to check the sewers and they just put a rake in the water until they find you? Because everyone in the world, I, I'd go in the sewer of like the subway, <laughs> just like deep, deep. So. Okay. Catacombs yeah. of Paris. You'll probably never come out. <laughs> or maybe even like the rooftop of a building. Somehow. What if they're flying helicopters? Hmm. I know what you're saying, though. Like, maybe th- doing something that unconventional. Yeah. I'm going wilderness. Okay. Sean's going wilderness. You're going uh, urban, of course. Or into, like, a big container park. Hmm. Yeah. If everyone was actively looking, though, that's where, like, we get into a whole nother conversation because then, you know, they're going to start checking stuff like that. If they're not actively looking, the rule is that they just can't see you. Yeah. Let's say they're act- – let's say if they get it, they get the billion. So everyone – it is John Wick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys have any good ideas on how – where you would hide for a billion, you can tell us and I, we promise we won't okay. tell anyone. <laughs> FBI. <laughs> Okay. But not like close to US Canada, like out in the middle of nowhere Canada. Yeah, like the middle. Yeah. What if you found an abandoned house? Mm-hmm. You locked all the doors. Mm-hmm. It's going to get searched at one point, mm-hmm. but probably only once or twice. Mm-hmm. So as long as you stay close to like an attic, go up there and cover yourself with like insulation or something. True. Or the floorboards go underneath. Pull an Anne Frank. Hmm. Take that out. <laughs> you know she died. <laughs> so that doesn't work. <laughs> She's the real winner. <laughs> um, Only a week, though. Like I feel like you could find some solid places for a week. Hmm. Roll. Roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light. Lightness in my heart, my head my emotions, if that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. 
uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Four. Nine. Twelve. Twelve. Sean, Charles, and me. Effectively the exact opposite of last episode. Oh. Wowie. Go, Sean. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I got some good stories today. The first one coming out of Arkansas, otherwise known as Arkansas. (laughs) The slums. The slums. So... This was submitted by someone, and it's actually the experience of their father. And this was, this happened back in 1979. His father was, I think, 16 years old at the time and was going camping with the Boy Scout group that he was in. And he said there was about nine 13 to 17 year old kids that went camping. They go out into this kind of backwoods nowhere in Arkansas. So anywhere in Arkansas? <laughs> Basically anywhere in Arkansas. Um, did you ever live in Arkansas? No. Oh, okay. But I, I actually have family that did. What, what's Arkansas like? Like if you were to walk outside and look around. Arkansas is like those forests are all similar, like Georgia, Mississippi. It's like heavily forested. Okay. And also, like, kind of swampy in a lot of areas. And... Like, bayou? Not quite bayou. Like, more swampy, like, bogs and stuff like that. Marsh and stuff? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking it was completely flat, so... No, no. Glad you clarified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even on the northern part of Arkansas, you get, like, the Ozarks and close to that. Cool. Um, So, they go out in the middle of nowhere. They uh, set up camp. They kind of go fishing play around, stuff like that. And they've had a good day. They're like setting up this fire to kind of eat and roast some marshmallows before going to bed. And the fire is starting to die down. They've already kind of had their fun. They're just waiting for it to go out before going to bed. And as it's starting to go down, it's kind of harder now to see everyone's face that's sitting around the campfire. And this guy's dad... As he's sitting there, he knows most everyone in the in the troop, but he's also pretty new. So he starts counting, trying to like see who it is, like actually sitting around the campfire, like recognize his friends. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And he stops. And he does it again. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And now he starts to panic. He, he's like, I know there was only nine of us. And I only recognize a few people. 
And he starts to kind of silently think this to himself, like, count the people. And he's like, how do I tell everyone without, like, freaking everyone out? And as he's starting to panic, eventually he just shouts out, count the people. And his friends kind of look at him. And then they start doing the same thing. Oh. And once they all realize that there's one extra person there, they all jump up and run. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> They're all 13 to 17. <laughs> Link arms. <laughs> <laughs> so as they jump up, run, at least this guy's dad was gone for about 15 minutes before he came back to the fire. Oh. And everyone made it back to the fire. And there was nine people again. And nobody knew who that extra person was. <laughs> I do not like that. <laughs> first thing I think of, is that it? That's the end of the story. Oh. The first thing I think of is the goat man. The goat man is what he thought it was. Mm. So if you don't know, the goat man is a pretty famous scary story that's floated around the internet. Um, I came across it like three years ago. I decided to read it in the middle of the night alone in a pitch black room <laughs> and it straight up left me petrified. Gosh. Like I couldn't move and I was like, why have I done this to myself? <laughs> why have you done this thing? <laughs> Seriously though. Father. <laughs> After reading his story, I went back and read the goat man story again. The Ananasi and, goat story, goat man story. Yeah. Um, and then also like looked up some info on the goat man. He's apparently a famous mimic. And we'll he, just generally in the South, right? Generally in the South, predominantly like Arkansas. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, this is creepy. <laughs> I don't know how much we can't share word for word the Goatman story, but if you're interested, go look it up. It's like the Anasi A N A S I S I A. I saved it. It's the Anansi A N A N S I S. Spot on. Is that the dude that plays Tom Haverford in Parks and Rec? <laughs> and Aziz and Asadzi. <laughs> anyway, um, the goat man, yeah, he's like a notorious like mimic. Mm-hmm. And, and notorious for like showing up in groups mm-hmm. and just hanging out. I remember a few years ago, the first time I went to Jackson Hole, or no, <laughs> the second time I went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, was with these dudes and a couple of other friends. Um, there was like, I don't know, six to eight of us. But uh, everyone was going to sleep in their tents. Sean and I were the last ones up. Uh, we were in a tent with like four people. And Sean and I were in the middle. And we and had then, just told the goat man story around the fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sean and I couldn't go to sleep. And we're in, it was pretty cold. We're bundled up in our sleeping bags like cocoons. And um, him and I were just having pillow talk. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> I do, dude. I love your eyes. <laughs> um, and we just freaked ourselves out. Nothing crazy happened, but I like psyched myself out so bad. I like imagine like somebody like coming up behind Sean because him and I were like laying facing each other on our sides. Uh, which was real cute. <laughs> I, imagine, cute. I imagine somebody peeking over him and it was also Sean. Oh, dude. And then Jordan left the tent to go sleep in the car. And yes. we were looking at each other and we we're like, 
what if we turned around and Jordan, Jordan was, was still there, there as if like that was either the goat man or the goat man was the one who left as oh, dude, we started mimic Jordan. real spooked. Yeah. We were sucking <laughs> ourselves out until we both knocked out. Yeah. Fun well, times. <laughs> that's a fun story. Dude, yeah, it was pretty creepy too. Oh. I said he had a second one. I do. Have you guys ever heard of the Falk monster? Spell it. F O U K E. Falk. Folk. No, sir. Also known as the Boggy Creek monster. They made a movie about it called The Boggy Legend of Boggy <laughs> Creek. Star starring uh, Charlie Sheen. Mm, no. Um, starring Scooby-Doo and the rest of the gang. <laughs> starring, would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> it, what's it called? The Boggy? Boggy Creek Monster. Is that the Danny movie DeVito? Was, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the Penguin. <laughs> okay. Um, so, also in Arkansas. Oh. And it is... <laughs> Nothing... No, Never mind. <laughs> nothing good was, comes out of Arkansas. I was just going to beg on Arkansas. I was like, there's nothing the about Arkansas man. that makes me want to go there. Boggy Creek, <laughs> the Clintons. The, I'm, spo- I'm spoiled and sit on my high horse being from Hawaii. Don't suicide me, please. Don't suicide me. <laughs> <laughs> Making enemies in high places, Bro, guys. you're going to get us all suicided. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So the Boggy Creek monster is allegedly a Bigfoot that lives in Boggy Creek, Arkansas, hmm. and has been seen 30 to 40 times by people in and around the area, people who aren't from the area, just passing through, people who live there. So like a large variety of people. Hmm. And like, for example, one of the earliest sightings back in 1969 was this couple who was driving through and the wife in the passenger seat thought she saw a man in a fur jacket just walking along the side of the road and she points it out points him out to her husband and they kind of like turn a little bit to shine the lights at the guy and notice this a bear a big hairy monster stuff like that now the reason i'm bringing this up is i just had family in town recently and I remember this story when I was growing up, but I was reminded that my grandpa has a story about the Boggy Creek Monster. Now, if any of my family is listening and you have more details on this story or if I'm getting it wrong, please reach out to me because I don't know. This is based solely on my memory. So Arkansas back in back in the day, like really there was no no fear of leaving your door unlocked. So, and on top of that, they would basically just be a screen door. So it was like one of those country houses with a wraparound porch and a screen door. They had a family get together and all of the family was there and they were all just visiting and nighttime comes and they're just finding any place they can to sleep. There was people all sleeping in the living room, upstairs bedroom, stuff like that. And the way that the story goes is he wakes up to a sound and the sound is the creaking of the screen door. And like at first it's not a huge concern because they don't really leave it unlocked. The wind could have caught it, stuff like that. They don't leave it unlocked or they don't leave it locked? Sorry, they don't leave it locked. And it's just a screen door in the first place you could get in if you wanted. 
So they don't leave it locked. Now, after that initial sound, he hears another sound, but this time it sounds like someone's walking around in the house. So he gets up and he kind of, and it's like one of those houses where they have the entranceway, living room, and they're like the stairs go up. You can kind of go around Mm -hmm. back to the entranceway. So he kind of goes around this back way to where there's the kitchen dining room area. And he kind of pokes his head around the corner and looks and sees a figure standing there in the dining room. So he doesn't recognize them. It is dark, but he feels like everyone is sleeping. So he kind of creeps around the corner, sneaks up, and at the last second jumps on it. He jumps on it and kind of struggles a little bit. And then eventually it throws him off and runs out the door and out into the forest. And so he starts waking everyone up. He wakes everyone up. We turn the lights on. And he realizes that he got a palm full of fur from whatever it was that he had just jumped on. Now, there are two possible things that this could have been. I remember him saying it could have been a gorilla escaped from a zoo (laughs) or the Boggy Creek monster. (laughs) Either of those are terrifying. Yep. (laughs) Or just like a super hairy dude. It could have been a super hairy dude. It is Arkansas. You tackled Danny DeVito. (laughs) An Armenian. (laughs) An Armenian. (laughs) Okay, take that out. (laughs) But to this day, it's one of those two and, well... Dude, yeah, your grandpa one. has some balls, bro. <laughs> his his initial thing is like, you know what? I'm gonna jump on this thing. <laughs> I'm gonna attack it or tackle it. I think he was trying to tackle it to the ground, and whatever it was was too strong. Wow. <laughs> I can, can you imagine though jumping on a gorilla? <laughs> no, no, I can't imagine. Well, with that. balls that big, it should have been brought <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> So did he keep the fur and we're going to send it into the lab? Is that what you're telling us? Mm, I don't recall, actually. And if it is, then it's probably hidden somewhere in a hoarder's home. He's actually no longer with us, so. R.I.P. Probably sold it at auction. (laughs) Yikes, dude. Wow. (laughs) Fun, fun. Who's next? You are. Okay, cool. All right, so this happened to this person when they were 12 years old. And growing up, they had experienced night terrors quite often. So it wasn't often that they got like a full night's sleep. One night, she wakes up and she has to go to the bathroom super bad. Bladder super full. So she super groggily goes over and opens the sliding door to her bathroom. And how the bathroom works is there's like a door here. It's like a, I think a Jack and Jill bathroom. Is that what it's called? Kevin, do you know that term? There's a door on each end. So, yeah, it's a Jack and Jill bathroom. There's a door on each end. She can access it and her sister, right? Okay. So she goes in with nothing on her mind, doesn't even turn on the light, just sits down and starts peeing. And as she's sitting there, she notices a small movement out of the corner of her eye. Uh... She turns her head to look at the other door, and there is a man standing at the other door, staring at her. Hmm. saying nothing. 
He's wearing a super tatted gray jumpsuit. He's balding, which I don't know why they put that in, but they did. And he has a crutch. What? And he's just standing there. She says, I don't know how, but I found myself in the basement where her parents sleep. So she basically like blacked out, ran downstairs. She doesn't remember that part at all. She just remembers being at the foot of her parents' bed in the basement, hysterical. And she's trying to explain to her dad what's going on. He's trying to calm her down. And he goes, like, come, you know, it's, it's okay, okay. He tries to soothe her. He goes upstairs and he searches. Comes back, says, there's nothing, honey, but you can sleep on the couch in our room. Makes her a bed up on the couch in their room. And she's laying there, but she doesn't go to sleep. Of course not. <laughs> About two hours late, later... About two hours later, she's lying there and she hears the bathroom door upstairs slowly slide open. And she said she heard limping footsteps leave the bathroom. Next morning, they searched the entire house again. The fridge and the pantry had been raided and a couple things were gone. Holy cow. They said they never found out who it was or what it was but it freaked her out for a very long time. Well, at least she knows she'd be able to run away from him <laughs> with his hobbled ass. <laughs> you know, growing up, there was a... So the chapel we would go to church at, me and my family, sometimes all, like, the, the youth would play, like, hide-and-go-seek. And it was a big chapel. Like, it had a gym inside... Dude, multiple classrooms low-key when churches are dark and not being used they're scary bro mm-hmm. just bro, tons yeah. of room long dark long hallways, hallways high ceilings yeah you feel vulnerable as a kid in big spaces like that oh yeah but one of the best places to hide but not everybody hid there because it was a scariest that's why it's one of the best places to hide and it was in the gym there was like a a stage uh-huh and there's these big velour drapes and it's pretty dark behind that if the light isn't on. And there, there's a ladder that goes up to not really like a, a second floor. Um, actually, behind the curtain, on both sides of the stage, there, were, there was a ladder on both sides. And one of them led to like the air conditioning room and the vents that ran throughout the church. And people would hide in that room. And... One time, one of the kids crawled inside the vent and found food in there. <laughs> like a half-eaten apple, some clothes, and freaked out. Ran out of there screaming. And uh, we never found anyone, but a few weeks later, somebody was closing up the church, locking everything up, and heard a noise coming from the stage. So they walk there, open the curtains, it's dark, turn, turn on, on the lights, lights, and they climb up the ladder because they can hear noises, and they open the door, and when they open the door, the noises stop, but they go back, they keep going in, and they look inside the vent, you can see the shine of two eyes staring at him. <laughs> Turns out it was a homeless man living in there. Oh, my god! Kicked him out. The Somehow. Christian thing to do. 
<laughs> yeah, we hate those those poor people, <laughs> those hobos. the poor and lowly. Dude, my mom used to teach early morning seminary for like fifteen years. Wait, were you done? Yeah. Okay. That sorry. was pretty much it. Um, and she would take us the whole time. So seminary seminary kid. for Mormons is basically like just a class you take. Church school for teenagers yeah. that we would take like an hour every day. It's like yeah. Bible study before school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she took us for like 15 years. So your, your mom was the teach one of the teachers yeah, cuz she didn't want to be alone there. Um I remember playing like we'd bring our like thing of Legos and just dump them out in the foyer and play Legos in the foyer for a while. But I remember like walking around in these dark hallways and being unreasonably afraid of coming into one of these hallways and seeing all the way at the opposite end, the Pokemon Hypno <laughs> with his little thing. Super rational fear? Yeah, yeah. Totally rational fear. With the big ass nose. With the big ass nose. And I was like, oh, that would be really scary to see. Bro. <laughs> when Pokemon first dropped, I mean, like, the first month anyone heard about it, I was in fourth grade, and my friend's like, dude, Pokemon are real. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, they're like in big cities, like New York. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Full on believed them for like a week, and then I was like, wait. <laughs> wait, I don't. So I don't know if I was the smartest child. Anyway. <laughs> Nice. I have one more story. All right. Let's go. Maybe two. So this story comes to us out of Australia, and this person is in high school. Mm-hmm. They're super stressed out because they are taking the Australian Australian equivalent of uh, the American SATs soon. So they're super stressed. They've been studying. They've been cramming, staying up late nights. And in order to help them sleep, they kind of gotten in the routine of taking sleeping pills even though these sleeping pills are causing them to have really bad nightmares. So several nights into this routine, they're trying to go to bed. They take their sleeping pill and they're laying in their bed. And as everything gets quiet in the world, they're about to fall asleep. They hear a noise. And at first they're trying to ignore it, but eventually their brain just catches onto it. And you know how like when you're trying to sleep and you hear that noise, it like bores into your brain. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's like, I don't know, an appliance on or a hum of something, but this noise was someone breathing and it was coming from in the room. No. So they sit up in their bed and they listen and they look around and they realize it's most likely coming from under their bed. (laughs) So they lean over grab the side of their bed and they lower their head to look under the bed. And as their eyes pass the threshold and look into the dark void under their bed, they see a face staring back at them. A very large bearded man in dirty clothing is just lying there looking at her. So she jumps up, runs down the hall to her parents' room screaming, crying, tells her dad, you know, she's like, she's on the sleeping pill. So she's super disoriented, tells her dad what's going on. They finally get the story out of her and he tells her to calm down and basically convinces her it's the pills. 
Like you've been having nightmares. It's the pills. And if, at this point, even she's not convinced. She's like, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Cause she's had really bad nightmares. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, go to bed. You, you like, you got to get some sleep. You have this test, go to bed. She's like, okay. And so she's finally convinced he's right. It's the pills gets back to her room. She's still afraid. So she tells herself and makes herself not look under the bed, gets into her bed and goes back to sleep. Next morning, their whole first floor of their house is ransacked and there's like TVs missing. Everything's missing. And they, they have no idea. They never caught the guy. I bet her parents feel <laughs> stupid. <laughs> also, I wonder why that dude was in her room breathing under her bed. <laughs> and like he had to have still been there when she came back. So if he was planning to do something to her, why didn't he? I don't know, man. He's probably just trying to like steal stuff on the first floor, I would say. Yeah, if he was just trying to do that, then why would he go upstairs and lay under her bed? Here's the thing that I know about once again, bro science, but this is what I've been this is what I've learned about the escalation of crimes. But usually with a person, it starts small and then there's an escalation. So I could see maybe he's done some B&Es, some breaking and entering, and like that rush kind of doled. So he's like, okay, I'm going to up the ante. Hmm. Could be something like that. He could have gotten off on being creepy and like pushing that limit. There was, and this is graphic. So forewarning. Warning. Skip ahead if, trigger warning. But this came from a girl who, when she was younger, was walking home from school with her little sister. And as they're walking home, a man in a truck pulls up next to them. And he says, hey, can I get some directions? And she is close enough to the truck where she can see inside. Her little sister isn't tall enough to really see but she can see that this man all by himself in his truck has one hand on the wheel and his other hand, he's masturbating. Oh, and she doesn't want to run because this man's in a car and she's still kind of far from home, but houses are lining the street and there's a house right next to where they're at with a woman in the driveway and it looks like she's just getting home. And this little girl, this little girl says to the man, sure, I don't know the area as well, but as well as I should, but let me, let me ask my mom. And she turns around and she says, mom, this man needs directions. And immediately this lady who they don't know comes to the truck, walks to the truck. And as she's walking there, she's like, sure thing, honey. Ooh, that's clutch. A real one. As she's walking there, she says, your father will be out too in a second. Double down. Yeah. And uh, as she's walking towards them, the two the sisters and, and the truck, uh, the man says, oh, never mind. I, I'm okay. And then speeds off. Dude, there's some real ones just coming in clutch right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, as much as we talk about like the sick people that exist – it's good to know that there are people like that. And th- this lady was talking to the girl and 
drove them home. Hmm. And she asked, like, how did you know? And the lady said, I, I just knew. Yeah. Like, you called out to me and you called me mom. And that's what I was going to be. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So look out for those situations. Maybe you could be that for someone. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else? No, I just, I don't know. For some reason, stories while I'm sleeping are the ones that wreck me the most. So just keep those in mind tonight when you're trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. Maybe check under your bed. Dude, I don't From have a distance. under, dude. Check in your bathroom. True. You don't want to get your ankles slashed or Achilles. Or even your face. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That was actually one of the biggest problems I had with that story is the just looking under the bed like that. Just so bold. Like, okay. <laughs> Bro, I would jump off the bed like a good six feet and then look. Yeah. Jump on your bed till it collapses. I do one of those with like the broomstick and just jab <laughs> under the bed, you know, when you try to grab something or push something from under your bed. That's what I do. Um, okay. A few episodes ago, I shared a story about uh, a friend of mine in Brazil. Oh, the black stone. Mm-hmm, the black stone. After I shared that story, uh, one of our listeners reached out. And uh, her name is Nicole. And she shared a story that was eerily similar mm-hmm. about one of her friends who lived in Mexico City for a while. And while he was there, he too was where, uh, serving a, a Mormon mission and they're out there for two years. Um, for some reason, while they were walking through the neighborhoods, instead of going the long way, to this one place they were trying to get, they decided to hop the fence, and it was a pretty tall fence. And something went wrong. His leg or his pants clipped the fence, and he fell funky and uh, broke his leg. And he was really worried. He didn't want to go home to recover. He was enjoying his time out there so much, he just wanted to stay out there. So... Instead of telling anybody or going to the hospital, he knew of some type of witch doctor in the area who performed black magic. And he went to them. And this witch doctor agreed to help them and, quote, cast a spell on him. After this happens, his leg miraculously feels fine. And he carries on as if the pain or anything well, didn't happen to him. So the next time they meet as missionaries, the mission president is there. And I mentioned this before, but just to reiterate, the mission president is like the main leader of the area where all the missionaries are in. And he kind of oversees the missionaries, make sure they're taken care of, trains them how to teach. Um, and kind of orchestrates the whole the whole thing. Um, the mission president is there, and with all the missionaries in the room, he notices something is off, and he says, something doesn't feel right. If anybody's struggling with anything or had something to tell me, let me know, and I'm happy to help. So this this missionary who broke his leg and got help from the witch doctor feels bad and gives in and decides to tell, you know, his mission president. So his mission president 
gives him a, a blessing. And it's basically just, you know, almost like a prayer to try to heal or comfort uh, people who are sick and hurt. And he closes this blessing with amen. And they watch as this black smoke comes out of this missionary's leg. And there's a loud pop. And he is screaming in pain as his leg right before his eyes is broken. They take him to the hospital, fix him up, put him in a cast, and he recovers the normal way. (laughs) That's nuts, dude. That's... I never know what to think of those. (laughs) Like, yeah, we weren't there, so we can't... But also, giving these people the benefit of the doubt, let's say the witch doctor was evil, you know, and say these, you know, missionaries are good and supposedly using, you know, God's power or some heavenly power to heal this, or (laughs) would you call it healing? (laughs) You know, I don't know. It almost seems like a masking because in the two stories you've told in this may just be the way I'm hearing it. Mm -hmm. It seems like it masks it and whatever's wrong is continuing to be wrong. And it is more painful at the point where it stops. Like it was masked to a point where they couldn't feel anything. And then when that masking is taken away, whatever it was wrong with them has continued to get worse. Mm. Or probably has side effects that. Right. Yeah. They haven't seen yet. So. They want the mission president want to avoid that altogether. Something I don't know. That's crazy. If that happened, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this story comes from somebody who works in law enforcement, and they were stationed in this small town, and they received a call one evening from the hospital security, and he responds, "Just him." radios in and says, I got this, but I'll let you know if I need anything else. I'll keep you guys posted. He arrives at the hospital and there's just one security guard working that night. It's not a huge hospital, but there were reports of, quote, blood curdling screams coming from one wing of the hospital that was out of commission. Is so this in the U.S.? Yes, this is in the U.S. Okay, sorry. So there's no patients in this wing of the hospital. Nobody working there. It was all locked up. And they look up at this, at this wing of the hospital, and they can see that on one floor, the lights are on. The security guard decides to call, you know, police. <laughs> He's like, He's uh, like I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> not trying to take this on by myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he waits, and the person who's telling this story is the policeman comes into the picture. So they go together and they enter into the wing of the hospital that there are people, you know, and it's normal night, not super crazy traffic. And it's later at night too. So everybody's kind of uh, patients are sleeping or nurses are just doing regular things. And uh, they walk through all of that and they turn and they start walking down the hallway They get to the wing where all of this is happening and they get to the floor where the lights are on. As they're approaching the section, 
there's a big glass door and that's how you get into it. You know? And the cop walks up to the door, grabs the, the door handle and it's locked. So he turns to the security guard. He's like, do you have the keys for this? And then security guard says, yes, I do. Hands him the keys. There's a deadbolt. And he inserts the key, turns it. Here's the click. And before he can pull on the door, there's a force that pushes his hand back and locks the door on him. And this immediately sends chills up both of their spines. At that point, he radios in and says, we might need one more person. Just send. I'll keep investigating, but send it somebody else just in case, you know. Yeah, I'm going to need some backup. Yeah. Uh, he turns it again, and he opens with ease. Not met with any resistance like he was prior. He goes in with the security guard. They search the entire floor of that wing. They don't hear the screams anymore, and they don't find anybody. But they, they turn off the lights, and then they lock up. When they lock up, the hospital security guard uh, gets a phone call from another wing of the hospital. And this is the, the children's wing of the hospital. And they say, the security guard is on the phone and he says, yeah, we'll be there in a few minutes. So he hangs up and he tells the police officer, if you don't mind staying for a little longer, they're hearing noises coming from outside of like the children's wing. Uh, they weren't really specific, but they want us to go check it out and make sure everything's safe. As if these sick kids don't have enough to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Now they're getting haunted. <laughs> so they're walking to the children's um, wing of the hospital, and uh, by the time they get there, another policeman is there. So they have three people. Mm-hmm. You know, the two policemen, one of them who is telling the story, and then the security guard. Uh, the nurses working there are saying, yeah, these noises are coming from outside and it's scaring all the children. So they say, all right, we'll go and check it out. They walk outside and there's a fenced area connected to the hospital with a playground. And it's there for the children to play in, obviously, uh, during the day. They get there and as they turn the corner, they hear squeaking and they watch as a set of swings are standing in the middle of the playground. Three of them are still, and one of them is swinging. Oh, my gosh. And they stand there for 30 seconds and watched as that one swing did not lose any momentum. <laughs> they didn't decide to, or they didn't pursue that or move closer. <laughs> yeah. They turned around. I went to the nurses. We didn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good here. Yeah. <laughs> Keep us posted. <sighs> and the police officers left and told the security guard, let us know if anything else happens that we can help with. Good luck, little homie. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially left him in the dirt. <laughs> Bro, it would have been Will Smith from My Legend. No, <laughs> what are you doing? Whoa. What's his name? The mannequin? Yeah, Frank. Frank. What the hell are you doing here, Frank? <laughs> what are you moving for? Um. Oh. Oh gosh. 
That's oh. that's a, a when I was reading the submission, it just reminded me of like a classic ghost story, haunting, haunting story, you yeah. know. Um, I don't know if I personally believe it, but it reminded me of the story that I told long ago, like one of our first episodes with my homie who works security at the mall yeah. by oh, my yeah. house. And late at night. If you haven't heard this story before, uh, there's a mall by my house in Hawaii called Windward Mall. And one of my friends worked there as security. And he worked with like two other dudes who were there every night. And hours after they close, it's just the three of them in the building. Everything's locked up. They saw a man. They saw him multiple times. And finally one night they chased him. And the Macy's was closed with these big glass sliding doors. They chase this man, chase this man throughout the mall. He's running towards the Macy's and they watch as he runs through and apparates through the glass doors without disturbing the glass or breaking or shattering it. (laughs) They run up and the glass doors are there and the man is clear. We're still running on the other side. But Mm. that's just what it reminded me of. And you know what I'm going to try and do now, though? Get some fish in line, tie it to a swing, (laughs) go a little bit far away and... Just like throw some pebbles at like a, a window next to it and then just start doing that. That's still terrifying though. <laughs> yeah, it is terrifying. Even to realize that there's just a man trying to, anyway. Either uh, way, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I have to share a real quick one. Go ahead, dude. And this happened to me when I was like seven. I was probably 18 at this point. So my friend Hunter, we were driving. I don't know why, but we were way out in the country. And where I live in Central California is like these towns and surrounding them are just thousands of acres of orchards, could be like orange trees or corn, walnuts, things like that. So we're way out in the orchards and he has this, this uh, Jeep that had a really fun way of just breaking down. (laughs) And it's like legit, it's like two or three in the morning. We're way far out of town. And I remember he's just, he's taking a right turn on this uh, country road (laughs) and his shifter just comes out (laughs) (laughs) and the Jeep breaks down. And so he like, oh crap, coasts off to the side of the road and we're (laughs) sitting there and there's meth heads and things like that out and about and orchards are not the safest place you want to be. So we're spooked. I know that like, Two miles down the road is a gas station. Other than that, nothing. So we sit there, and the best idea we come up with is let's push our car to this gas station. You could park it there. We'll have a friend pick us up, and your dad can come help you in the morning. Okay. So me and him get out, and we start pushing this heavy a jeep two miles. <laughs> two miles. <laughs> it took us like an hour and a half. That is a workout, bro. It took us four ever i'm not joking (laughs) (laughs) so picture yourself you're on this super long country road with orchards on each side Mm -hmm. pitch black there's no street lights out there you have a tiny sliver of a moon lighting your way so we're pushing 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 until like halfway down the road we come and there is a small farmhouse to our right not one light is on in this farmhouse there's like one tree in the front yard and 
a small swing set in the backyard. <laughs> you already Bro, know what's coming. Why? Why is a swing the ghost's favorite playground toy? There was <laughs> zero like teeter Like what about like? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. That makes you. Yeah, I don't know why. There was zero wind, and as we get closer and closer with this, the jeep, we look over, and the one swing is just steady swinging, and both Hunter and I saw it, and we're like, "This isn't real right now. <laughs> we can't run away, <laughs> and we can't just leave his car in the middle yeah. of the road. <laughs> run where into the pitch black." <laughs> so we just push as hard as we can like crying like oh my gosh run but we're just barely going fast uh i don't know it was just terrifying we finally make it to the gas station our friend gamer picked us up nice but it's just when you said that that just brought me right back to that night (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) but yeah you're right why do ghosts choose swings (laughs) that's true it's just the spookiest toy to play with Go on the slide or something. Like, it's like, what are you <laughs> supposed to see though? Like a butt streak go down the slide? <laughs> it's the most visually like stimulating thing they can. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, man. Uh, for me, shout out Sub Zero Fun and Gaz Mike. <laughs> for me, shout out the entire state of Arkansas and all of its wonderful, creepy things nice shout out nicole hey shout out nicole shout out aiden for all the help you're doing thanks little buddy thanks little man bye love you be safe trust your gut watch your back be careful out there bye bye see ya terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.
I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now.